1-300-01-1170 is the open line number. All righty, let's talk NFL. We're at a pretty amazing stage, I reckon, of the season. Week 15 is ahead of us. Laurie Horish from ESPN is on the line to chat all things NFL. G'day, Laurie. Thanks for your time. Great to be joining you. Some great stories around the NFL at the moment. Can we start with one that I touched on with Benny Graham earlier in the week? Brock Purdy, um, the 49ers quarterback, obviously off the back of that big win over the Buccaneers. He's a wonderful story, Mr. Irrelevant. A charming title to come into the league with, with, isn't it? Glowing with all sorts of hype and praise to be Mr. Irrelevant. But it's, look, it's, it's something that's been handed down to draft pick upon draft pick that finds himself with the last name called um, in each draft class. And for, for Brock Purdy, it's different when it's a quarterback because quarterbacks do carry this extra kind of aura or energy or uh, and sometimes ego around them. For him, he's clearly a confident young player. You saw that when he, uh, in his most recent outing in the in the absolute slapping that the uh, smackdown that we saw from the um, 49ers handing down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when he ran into that touchdown, you saw that energy burst out of him. You can see the game um, is something that um, we're in that moment. You forget that you're the 262nd overall pick in an NFL draft. You forget where you landed. You forget that you don't have the kind of the hype and pedigree that surrounds someone picked in the top 10 or first overall, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And that team becomes yours for a moment there. That's the nature of the position. That is why it's so vital. It's why it's so scrutinised. It's why it's so analysed. And for Brock Purdy, he's playing with more clarity and composure than you might expect with someone coming in so raw at this point of their career. But a credit to not just him, but that offensive system that Kyle Shanahan runs there in the Bay, and not to mention the litany of offensive talent surrounding him, the likes of Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels injured now, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Um, there's plenty for young Purdy to work with. And mm. look, it, it's easy for people to then start saying, hey, you know, he's up against Tom Brady. And we know Tom Brady was picked, you know, six-round draft pick. Could he be the next-generation version? Not so much that. But look, there's been six quarterbacks, six quarterbacks that have gone up um, against uh, Tom Brady or six previous quarterbacks that have gone up against Tom Brady in their first career start. And he's the only one to take away a victory there. Um, so uh, certainly notable for young Mr. Young Mr. Purdy, and one heck of a victory as well, thirty-five points to seven. Where does that loss leave the Buccaneers? They're now six and seven, but where does it leave them in the conversation for the season? I think in terms of a threat to win the NFC, I don't think you can consider them a serious contender at all. They haven't strung consistent performances together, despite the talent they have. On defense, despite the big names that are on offense, outside of just Tom Brady, think about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, um, there's not a clear solution coming back that's going to spark them to life. Luckily for them, they are in the NFC South, the worst division in football, where a losing record could very much still book you, uh, could win you the NFC Divisional title and book you a spot in the playoffs and a home playoff game week one. We could see a team like Tampa Bay hosting a team like the Dallas Cowboys in week one um, of the playoffs in saying that. They're not alone down there in the NFC South. Teams like the Carolina Panthers, which sounds ridiculous to say given the tumult, tumultuous season they've had. We've seen coaching staff changes, quarterbacks in, out, gone, traded, arrive. And now we've got Sam Darnold, once again given reins at the helm, starting quarterback. And he's, look, I, as someone who thought Sam Darnold had an amazing amount of potential coming into the league and fell, fell in love um, with his talent at USC, it didn't pan out. If he plays more responsible football, which we've seen the last couple of weeks, there are pieces on that defense to cause uh, disruption. Uh, and the offensive line he's playing behind is better than the last time he had a shot at this position with Carolina. It's gelled more. The young talent has come on more. 
they're one game back. Um, we've got divisional contests still to play out um, over the final four weeks of the season. They could find themselves out of absolutely nowhere. A team like them or a team like the Atlanta Falcons that have been gutsy, if not spectacular this season, there's no guarantee that it's Tom Brady uh, and the Bucks just because of their pedigree that take out that divisional run. And the Cardinals are going to be without Kyler Murray, so uh, a torn ACL. So he's gone for the season. That's a, a big loss to them, and he's a big money player. So what was he looking at? Close to forty million dollars next year, and fifty-one and apl- and above in the following year. So what happens there? I mean, look, his, his contract. I mean, this is someone who signed recently has signed um, one of those big money contracts, as you mentioned. That's north of forty million dollars a year. There's guarantees that tie into all of that. I think the bigger reality. I, I, Kyle Murray is still an asset. Injured or not, he is still the key asset um, that that roster, that the, the Cardinals have there. The, the bigger conversation, I think, is going to be about who is going to be in charge of that roster. Could we see a change of the general manager position uh, with Steve Kime? And really, right at the front here, Cliff Kingsbury, head coach. I think you could almost see the energy. Um, you could see the, the tension that existed in him on the sideline during that game, particularly after, obviously, after that injury. Um, I think his time as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals is going to come to a close. Seen as kind of one of the progressive, new age, um, explosive offensive minds to come into the league, how he got his um, head coaching opportunity in the NFL, but it's never really clicked with consistency there. When the Cardinals have been at their best, it really was when Kyler Murray was just going, I'm going to go freewheeling here, make some stuff up with my ridiculous mobility, my arm strength, Um, Kyler. At times, you know, analysts would look at it and say, I'm not sure what the drawn-up play here was. I'm not sure how they're getting back into this game. I think it's just time for Kyler to say, and I won't uh, use the full phrase on air, but F it, I'm going to go Kyler mode here and start making stuff happen. Draw it up in the (laughs) sand, if you will. So I think that's the big conversation, but Kyler, I imagine, will still be part of the picture going forward in, uh, in Arizona. All right, the standout game for the week ahead, do you reckon it's the Dolphins v. Bills? I tell you what, those two teams, it, it's fascinating because at times this has been, you could have taken a straw poll at any given week in the season and people would say the Dolphins and the Bills, the two most explosive offenses in particular in the NFL with the talent they have there, but they've both been less than spectacular lately. The Bills were able to keep um, some winning momentum throughout that, but as you seem for the Dolphins, it's been a little struggle. They've hit two in a row, and I think it's fascinating to see because... The challenge is now laid down to Miami. How do you counterpunch? People seem to be taking away parts of the field that you were dominating in. Not to get too into the weeds of the X's and O's, but with the, the the thing that jumps off the screen with the Dolphins is speed. Speed, 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 speed. Particularly with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at the wide receiver position. What they did with that is they scared you. So, so frightened were defenses about the speed that they played with kind of a really soft, kind of big defensive cushion. They, they hung back. They really didn't want to get beaten over the top. So it opens up the middle of the field to a tongue of low and the receivers and Mike McDaniel, the coach, said, right, that's where we're going. This is the game plan. We're going to hit this kind of soft center, almost a soft underbelly um, of the defense over and over and over. Defenses have adapted. What's the counterpunch? And the Bills are a fascinating team to try and pull that off against. Talented defense that has plenty of high-performing players. But yeah, for me, that one certainly stands out. But this year, this week 15 might be my favorite week of the season. You look across the board... It starts with the Seahawks 49ers, Bills, Dolphins, Bears, Eagles. We see what stage the Eagles take on. The Jets, Lions is a cracker. Cowboys and Jaguars. If the Cowboys play like they did against the Titans, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, with the level he's playing, they could knock them off in a heartbeat. No, no, no questions there. Saints, Falcons, divisional matchup. We've got Buccaneers, Bengals, Chargers, Titans. This is a, a hugely, hugely 
decisive week. There's about seven or eight contests across the board. Commanders, Giants going against each other as well in that wild card race in the NFC. Divisional rivals. This is going to set the course for almost half the half the wild card spots, if not more. It's a fascinating, fascinating week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Laurie. Always great talking to you.